Hi, everybody, and welcome again to the podcast, Life's Learning Curve. I'm Paul Hart. I'm your host. Now, today, I am here with a man of leisure, recently retired man of the world. David Warmington. Musician and all-around swell guy, Dave Warmington. Dave has an expertise, and it's a very strong one. Dave is one of the very rare individuals, according to me, who encourage and they support others. Yep, I know we all do that. But Dave's unique. He's honest, he's forthright, he's humble, all at the same time. And let me tell you, he was doing this type of thing when I first met him back in high school, throughout his life, and then still today. So how does this make a difference? Why is this so important? Well, let me just say, what Dave does and how he does it is very important. Why? Very simply, encouragers and inspirers drive society. So let's meet Dave. Let's get going. Sebastian. Life's Learning Curve. I'm Paul Hart. Episode Inspirers and Tub Thumpers with David Warmington. Stand by. Dave Warmington has always been a man of many things, primarily hope, confidence, support, and encouragement. Here's a guy who genuinely seemed to be inspired by other people's successes and encourages people to never give up. He's done this his whole life. I'm talking about you like you're not even here, but you are here. Dave Warmington is here with us today. Hi, Dave. Pretty hard to ignore, I guess. Yeah, I guess Hi, that's Paul. true. It's good to see you. Nice to see you, too. Hey, you know what? Uh, you and I hooked up recently. Um, we hadn't seen each other for 30 years or so. I think we ran in- into each other on Addison Street maybe 30 years ago for a short time. We found each other on Facebook. I think you found me, which is great. You were out of, my, out of sight, but you were never out out of my mind and how I know this is because in the very first episode of this podcast of Life's Learning Curve, back to show one, we're on uh, episode 62, 63, something like that right now. And uh, I was interviewing a man who we were talking about how he got to where he was, what things he learned in life. And he said, "I, I could have never gotten to where I am today without mentors, people who inspired me or encouraged me to go from point A to point B. What came out of my mouth? Well, I know this guy from high school, Dave Warmington, and, well, let's listen to the clip. But it's not the matter of me getting to the winner's circle. It's a matter of me still running towards the winner's circle at the end. That's what's most important. And Because uh, hard work just, just means you work hard. Yeah. There's no guarantees on hard work. There are people out there that help us become better versions of ourselves. They're all around us, and, and some inspire us, and some support us. And I remember in high school, I had a great friend named Dave Wormington, or Worm as we called him. Worm was always the support of everything my band did. He called us kings, and he'd say, Nobody else can touch your band, Paul. You guys are great which was kind of odd because Dave was in his own band. I have to admit that felt really good. Dave was necessary in very unstable times. There were a lot of bands competing out there back then. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I've uh, played music all my life, pretty much. I mean, I started out on the cello. I played an orchestra for four years. Oh, okay. And and, uh, the orchestra director caught me practicing in the back room, and he says, you don't know how to read music, do you? 
I said, no, I sure don't. And I, I quit the following year. I was playing cello at the time, you know, and I... Uh, after that, I just started playing on my own because yeah. I, I didn't have the discipline. You know, I was never a disciplined guy. I, yeah. I had to work with what God gave me naturally. And right. luckily, that was pretty decent, you know. I don't think a lot of people, um, when they first get into band orchestra, that they, they read music well. I, I think a lot of it does is memorized. So that was a strong statement for like, what, a fifth grader, fourth grader? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, actually, I think it was junior high, but it was oh, it was okay. very early junior high, you know, because I, I started playing sometime during grade school and then uh, decided I, I just didn't have the discipline to be the guy. Yeah. Luckily, my little brother took up the cello after that, so that since my parents <laughs> had bought it, I didn't have to feel too bad about we it. We invested yeah. in this cello, yeah. <laughs> and somebody's going to use it. And I don't mean as a toboggan. Uh, that's right. An encourager, a tub thumper, an inspirer. Knowing you, you're probably uncomfortable talking about it, but this part, the thing that you do where you very subtly encourage other people, uh, do you have any idea where that came from? You know, it's funny. Uh, a church I attended for a while handed out a, a test where they said they were testing your gifts of the Spirit. Yes. You know, and I was interested to find out what they, what the test would tell me it was, and they, and it said encouragement. So I guess it was just something that was planted in me by God, you know. You know, I, I apparently I needed to keep everybody else's spirits up so mine didn't get down or something, you know. I don't know. Yeah. I can't pinpoint a spot at all, but but I had had people along the way tell me, you know, we we feel like you are good for who we are. You, you're helping us feel good about who we are. And I thought, well, that's good. Maybe that'll make me feel better about who I am. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, the age-old story that you can get more uh, with honey than you can with vinegar, mm-hmm. It's it, there's a lot of truth to it. I mean, a lot of the old cliches fall into place, but that particular one, there's a lot of truth to it. I mean, I mean, if you treat people decently and are nice, nine out of ten people will, will be that way back to you. Music. Music is a big part of your life. Would you say it's been like one of the more important parts of your life or the most? Probably the most. The The main group of friends I have and the main people I stay in contact with the most are all people who play one way or another most of the time. Or people from church, which is mm-hmm. right up there with the most important things in my life, especially right. at my age now. I, yeah. I'm a lot more plugged into the whole thing. You know, I'm closer to that time when I'm going to want to Impress the big guy. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll be standing before the throne a lot sooner than a lot of youngsters. Yeah. You know, so it's very possible he he could say, "Play me a D scale." One hopes. Or or do do, do me a walking thing. As long as he doesn't hand me a piece of music to read, I'll be okay. <laughs> Unless he's going to miraculously kick that gift in, I never did pick it up. You know, tell me what key, and I'll and I'll I'll conquer it. What instruments do you play? I'm really just a bass guitar player as far as any accomplishments are. I started out as a vocalist and a harmonica player. When you first knew me, that's probably what you knew me as. I don't know that I'd picked up a bass guitar or not yet at that point. But uh, mm-hmm. I never really yeah. mastered the harmonica. I never got really great at it. I could play okay, you know. Yeah. But uh, the bass guitar, once I picked it up, I just stuck with it. I, I can play a little regular guitar, but nothing impressive. 
Well, I remember you and I were in bands in high school, uh, and you know what's interesting? It was a heyday for bands back then. There were a lot of different bands. Uh, I was at, with a band that had uh, players from the west side of town, and I was the east side guy. So these guys were away from my high school. And yet, within my high school, we had people like, uh, um, you know, uh, Keith and Ronnie Rivera. And, the Elgin and Jones Gang. What was Elgin Jones Gang. You sat in with my band and played bass um, a couple times, I remember. And I've got a recording of uh, you playing a really funky I'm 18 by Alice Cooper when we were we were covering that song. Those are fun days. When oh, you yeah. think about high school and that time and, you, and music and, and that type of thing, what comes to mind? Any stories or... I got a classic for you. Yeah. Uh, uh, the band with Ronnie and Jeff and those guys in right. it. I, I tried to get into uh, St. Edward's, uh, uh, Edward's Dance, you know? Yeah. And I walked up and all these uh, folks who were Catholics that were standing in line waiting to get in, you know, <laughs> they, they were all in these nice little uniforms, and right. but they were all like drinking and stuff like that in the it line while they were waiting to get in. And I was well behaved, but I had yeah. hair down to here and I was right. in a Navy pea coat, you know? Yeah. So as soon as I got through the door, I'd already paid. Uh, I was surrounded by nuns, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they were all like, you know, asking me questions and stuff. And it was pretty obvious. They where's your, where's your alcohol, son? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I, I gave it, that kid from church gave me a little yeah. while I was out there, but you know, and, yeah. and I, they weren't going to let me in. There was no way they were going to let me in. I can remember, I had a similar experience, but I don't remember the details regarding trying to get in to see a band at St. Edward's uh, School. It's a good school in Elgin, oh, sure. it's a private school, Catholic school, and couldn't get in. And we were talking about it. I probably was in the car with you that night, I don't know. But so it's probably the same thing. Dave and his peacoat, you know, ruined it for the rest of us. <laughs> with his hair on the ear. <laughs> can't forget that. Yeah. No, I don't have yeah. any hair, but you yeah. know, back then. You I got here. We came from the hair 70s. I'm still doing my 70s hair, apparently. See? And it works for him. Look at that. What's what's the deal? Like, my daughter apparently whispered to uh, uh, Charlie, my fiance, and she said, uh, Can you get, before I get married, can you get dad to do something about his hair? He's had the same hairstyle <laughs> since high school. And then that, Thanks, honey. That story came back to me just recently. Uh, a, a buddy of mine who's a drummer, I, I was best man at his wedding when I had hair on to here. And, and uh, the bride's mother. Was it Tim? Uh, what? Was it Tim Frost? No, no. This was uh, Neil Hoffey. Oh, the, Neil. The, yeah. Oh, the drummer. That's right. Yeah. 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 Neil. Uh, I'm sitting there and the, and the bride's mother, we're at the rehearsal dinner. And the yeah. bride's mother says, you are going to get your hair cut before the, <laughs> before the uh, ceremony, aren't you? And I looked over at the bride and the, and the groom and I said, if they want me to, I will. They both went. <laughs> she was not happy. <laughs> that's, uh, that's interesting. I thought it looked great with the tux, yeah. the hair hanging down to hair. Right, you know, exactly. You couldn't tell what kind of lapels you had. You had hair that covered up the mouth. It didn't matter. I think of all the subtle ways my mom tried to get me to get my hair cut, the psychology behind things. <laughs> and, she, and I was just thinking about this yesterday, you know, things you think but you don't say out loud. And that is my mom, God rest her soul, was this kind, uh, funny upbeat person you had great parents too oh yeah you know Wonderful. so i people go well everybody's got one bad parent i had two great parents and from what it looks like you had two great parents. probably one of the reasons we get along so well <laughs> I, I, I was blessed oh, with wonderful yeah. parents as well but uh, but my mom would say you know the boys these days they have such pretty hair they 
if they were girls, they'd have such pretty hair. And I suppose that was supposed to offend me as a guy. But literally, if you went and saw Bert Sugarman's Midnight Special, if you watch those shows, everybody had long hair, even if they looked stupid. It just was the deal back then, and then it changed. So... The, be- the best comment on hair came from my grandma. My grandma, who was, lived to be 96, something like that, born in 1900, um, she said to me, uh, I was working at her house doing some gardening and stuff, and I was like 19 or 20 or something. She says, you know, sit down with me for a second. She goes, you know, people complain about your hair all the time. And I wasn't aware they were complaining about my hair. She goes, uh, it's no wonder that you guys have longer hair now. When you were little, your mom and dad and everybody else's mom and dad shaved their heads into these buzz cuts and short hair. It looked terrible. And she goes, I would, I, if I was a boy these age, I'd have my hair longer too. And I thought, my grandma's God so bless cool. You. Yeah, God bless you. I got a story for you about that, too. Me and my uh, brothers all had really long hair, and we went down to Missouri to visit my relatives down there. Yeah. And, and we went and had, a, had had breakfast at a restaurant. My mother, it was just my mother and, and, and her four boys, and all of us had really long hair. And all these old farmers are in there and stuff, and they're all looking over at us. Holding their forks, chewing. Like, like we were getting ready to go to a, a lynching or something like that. You know, <laughs> they were looking at us, giving us the eye, and my mother got angry. <laughs> she looked over and said, why don't you take a picture or something equally yeah. as clever? You know, and we were like, take it easy, mom. We're, we're in the minority here, you know. Yeah, no we stick out like a sore thumb, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, there was no trouble, but it was an amusing moment later on. We were able yeah. to laugh about it after we all got out of there alive, you know. <laughs> David Wormington, many bands. Being in a band, um, many bands for you. Not so many for me, but for you. Uh, and I'm not going to ask you to count them because I don't know if it's countable. You deal with, or we all deal with, egos of people. And that's almost something that you have to expect at the, the age we're at. Is uh, And you always hope people have grown out of the egos. <laughs> because these are people that are very, usually, usually quite talented. They can play an instrument very well, or they write or they compose, or they sing. There's something they do very well, and they've uh, been told that throughout their lives. And so what happens is you've got people that enter the room, and and, uh, the room's not big enough for them. Have you had, uh, or do you have any stories that uh, connect with that? I'm not going to mention any names, but I'll I'll tell you this. A good friend of mine who's an excellent guitar player, and he still plays in a in a southern rock tribute band down in Florida. He's he, and he's still a really great player, but but yeah. he cool. He had an ego a mile wide. Yeah. Uh, after after a gig, I went and saw him in a band, another band he was playing in and, and after uh, or we were going out in the parking lot for some yeah. kind of a break moment, you know, and and uh, some of the guys coming out were were saying, "Man, this is one of the best bands I've ever seen." And this friend of mine came walking out and said, "I am the band." I, 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 I thought to myself, holy cow, how does the rest of the band feel about that, young man? You know, I mean, wow. But I, I've seen the ego thing, you know, from a number of people. I've got a lot oh, of yeah. good friends who, yeah. and I don't blame them. It, it, it's, it's a, I've got one. You know? Well, we, you have to, to survive. Yeah, to I mean, I, I'd be selling carpets on weekends instead of still playing in bands if I didn't think I had something to offer. You right, know? yeah. You have to know your value. 
And and once you understand your value, and musically, I can go from here to here. I can be in a blues band. I can do this. Uh, I can offer this. I can add this. That's one of the greatest things, I think, in life that we can learn about ourselves is what, what our value is. It's possible to be humble and, yeah. and, and, and still not scrape the ground yeah you know <laughs> you, you you can come out and, and say yeah i can play pretty good you know yeah. you, you don't but you don't have to be a jerk about it and you certainly don't have to let others down or make other people feel like they don't have room to grow that's right that's right i helped form a band when i was quite young and we went out we did rather well and um i got a i would I would do the practices. I would get the gigs. It was just, I wanted to back in those days. We were all under 17. And, and I, I get a, I, I called to set up practice uh, one day and they go, uh, the person I was talking to said, uh, you know, our band. I said, yeah. I said, well, you're not in it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, I have been in a band also. Right after this band, where these people were older, I was I was eighteen. They were in their twenties. They were old. They were like twenty six. They were old guys. I don't know if this would be bad these days, but back then this was horrible. They came over to practice, and one guy, all I could do was play a real scratchy guitar and growl when he sang. Now I say all I can do. In his mind, he was rocking it, and his friend played a keyboard, but he hadn't bought the keyboard yet, so he would sit there and he'd. <laughs> He would, if you can't see because you're listening to the audio part, he put his fingers on a table. He wanted a flat table. He set up a keyboard that didn't exist, and he pretended to play the chords. And it became absurd to me. And I know what he was trying to do. He's saying, you know, when I get this keyboard, we went through six practices, and he never got a keyboard. He was still playing the table. And I'm like, this is nuts. And so I talked to my mom about it because you got these mentors and reference people, especially when you're young. It might be your brother's sister. They weren't in music. My sister wasn't, but uh, uh, in bands. But my mom, she's a pretty good manager of people. And she said, uh, it's possible that these people aren't at the same place you are. And that doesn't mean I'm better because I'm the drummer. I had to tell them, uh, let's go at this in another couple of months, you know, maybe when the keyboard comes in. That's not in my chemistry to say that to anybody. I did, never said you're not good enough. I just was like, let's come back and hit it again. We never did. This ain't working. It's always, it's always a way to go. You don't have to say it's you. Yeah. You can just say this, this but, is not, as a, as a, there's no chemistry here. That's one, one of my favorites. <laughs> Can there's some chemistry? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or yeah. here, here's one. I, uh, uh, the, one of the best pieces yeah. of advice is from, from, a, from a movie that I saw. Yeah. You remember that thing you do? I loved it. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a great movie. Uh, yeah. But so when, the, when the drummer's in there all down and out because his band's going south and it looks like everything's right. somewhere, and that, that old jazz keyboard says to oh, him, yeah. bands come and go, go son. son. You know, wherever you're at and wherever you're playing, make sure that you're being noticed and and, and you're doing your job well because yeah. you'll always find another band. You know, there, yeah. and it, there's so much truth to it. I mean, it's a teachable moment. The amount of times I bounced from band to band, you know, if I'd have been brokenhearted about every band that decided I didn't have what they thought was good, I actually had the experience of having some guys come into an open mic night who had auditioned me and seen me playing with my brothers. Yes. And they came up to me after the job and said, we can't believe 
we didn't take you in our band after right. hearing you. I thought, you know, well, that's what it's all about. You've got to hear the person. I, you, I was playing to your strengths when I was working with you. You didn't yeah. hear what I could do and contribute. Yeah. You didn't give me a chance, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and so that, that's what it's all about is giving somebody a but, chance. Like in that thing you do. I, I'm trying to think Although of the guy's lately name. you and me are the oldest generation <laughs> know, around most places we go. But <laughs> we're merging into the, the, the other lane. Um, I don't remember his name either at all, but but uh, he was a great character. He'd say, first of all, watch your money. Yeah. Which is true. Sure. And that's a big thing. How many people have gone bankrupt because they turned everything over to a manager? Famous Jimmy Buffett story was, you know, that he uh, he had said that after each gig he'd be partying and living up the wildlife. He said, the truth of the matter was I always went back to the hotel room, laid out all the profits for the night on the bed, counted all the money. So he never had anybody managing his money. So then he paid the band, he paid the venue, he paid, you know, all the different people. He said, but people thought I was you know, have margaritas and live in the great life. And he said, there was some of that. He said, but mostly my band was out. And he said, I was, I was laying out the money for the night. Do you write songs? You know, it's funny. I, I, uh, all my life I've been a collaborator. You know, I, I usually nine times out of 10, nobody will tell me what to do with the bass. That the, They'll just happily take whatever I put into their material and have it work well. But my brothers put me on the spot once. They said, you're going to write the next song musically for the, for the band. Yeah. And and they said, it's going to be a reggae song. And I didn't, Ah. you know, I knew kind of reggae a little bit. I wasn't a huge fan. I didn't know a lot of it, but sure enough, they, they had the lyrics already, you know, and I just came up with the music for it. It's the only song I've ever written music. (laughs) I've written bass lines. I've written my, uh, I've come up with ideas for endings, yeah, that kind right, of thing, right, you know. Right, right. But as far as sitting Bridges. down and writing an entire song, yeah. that was the only time I ever did that. Now, you've referenced your brothers a few times. Tell me your brothers and uh, where they're at and where they're not at. My older brother, Bob, still lives in town okay. uh, in Elgin, Yes, uh, him and his wife. And uh, and I'm, me and him still play once a month with Neil playing drums. Nice. And, and Neil we ju- and we high just, school, right? Exactly. We oh, just added a, a new guitar player because my younger brother moved to Arizona. He had been the other member. We called the band the Worminators because yep. the, wor- the three Wormington brothers were together. We're talking about changing the name now that Jim's gone. But yeah, I-, I played with one of your brothers once. We were doing a telethon back in the 1980s, and your brother's band came out, and I recognized him because it looked like you. He's playing harmonica. Okay, that would be Bob. That'd be Bob. And Bob's the one that's still around. Yes. Wow. So he just, he just played an open mic night Wednesday night in St. Charles. So Bob's got short hair now? No. No. Nope, nope. He's the one who stayed. Stayed. Okay. Stayed a hippie. All right. So <laughs> I, I've got pictures I want to put into this. I want to show, you know, Bob that type of thing. But the song that he played, and I was directing the telephone. I was doing TV stuff back then. But I, I love music. But they came out, and he had the, the harmonica, and they he the song they played was The Weight by the band. Okay. And my gosh, I love that song. And especially in the 1980s, I love that song. And I, my drums were set up in the corner of the studio. Take a little so, off, Annie. And there was no drummer at the time. So I said to the technical director, I said, you got this? I'm going to go out and play drums. I said, you don't have to cover me playing drums. I said, I'm just going to oh. do it. So I got the brushes out. Cause it, I didn't want to make anybody mad. I didn't ask, and we were live. So I went out, and so I just did the real... Like, dun, 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 dun. Anyway, it was so much fun for me, because it was a song I always wanted to play with good people, and people that were proficient, and uh, they were real kind. I'd like to have a copy of that. 
Yeah, you know, I'm thinking I may have. I got to dig through my video archives. I, I may have a, a really bad generation copy of that. But hey, that's what this show's all about. Pens <laughs> and sunglasses, the reggae song. Uh, pens and sunglasses. So many people that create things, like like artists, sometimes have to go somewhere to be inspired. They have like an art, an attic, uh, their house, and it has great light, so they can go up in there and paint because it's just perfect the way the light hits everything. And and, and some people have to like go to certain location or or locations or are inspired by something. Is that you? No, most most of that came from just jamming. Just a bunch of people sitting around playing, you know. I don't know if you've seen any of the. I, in your case, I'm sure you watched some of the Get Back thing with the Beatles, yeah. and, and, and and you know yeah. they were just sitting around yeah. poking around and, and and coming up with ideas and making it work like that. And that's the way I've always done it, pretty much too. Yeah. They told me make it a reggae tune, so the next thing you know, I'm doing the boo doo boo da da doo 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 boo da da doo 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 doo, you know thing, and yeah. and uh, we're, he's throwing the lyrics in and. And you know as well as I do that a a good bass part can make or destroy a song. I mean, sure. I mean, it's and and that's where at at the ages that you are, we are, we're the same age. Uh, that uh, it does make a difference. It makes a big difference. And and uh, you can appreciate, especially it's it's hard to be objective about your own work sometimes. But you can you can listen for things that you've done in songs and all of a sudden if it stands out um, or you hear something like three, four years later, it stands out and you go oh, that was good, I, I'm glad I did that Performing Performance. When you go out and get to perform with a band, with your band, one of the most current band. What's your most current band? What are you in right now, besides church? To be honest band. with you, nothing very serious. Okay. It, uh, nothing that even really has a name. Because the the yeah. new the new version of the Warminators is yeah. in, in an infant stage. It hasn't even yeah. had a second practice yet. Okay. But uh, other than that, church is pretty much it. Which is great because when you play at church, if you make a mistake, they have to forgive you. They have to forgive you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is there anybody else that plays it, with It you? varies from week to week. We, there's a lot of volunteers at that church. We have four different uh, full band like it. crews, you nice. know, and, and uh, you know, the members vary according to who's available. Yeah. Our lives are precious, and, and uh, while we're here on this earth, we uh, we have a purpose. I uh, That's what I think, at least. What do you feel your purpose is? You know, now that I'm retired... I hope to do more volunteer work at church and that kind of stuff. It all pretty much revolves around that. The, to me, the most important thing my parents ever passed along to me was uh, having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I don't want to turn this into a, a big church moment because that's not what your show is about. But, but but you know, we share our faith. Yeah, We've discussed right. it before, you know. Right. And and uh, everybody has their own way of doing faith. But 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 for me... That's always been the most crucial thing you can pass along to anybody else, and I think my, you know, my goal is to make that happen as much as possible. And I try not to be a bad example of my faith when I'm hanging around with people, you know, and 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 hopefully the Lord speaks through me at the time it, it needs to happen, you know. Yeah, I, I think the Lord's been speaking through you for a long time. I, like I said, this whole encouragement thing, 
there's I, moments when he's probably embarrassed about that because I well, because we're human, I, you know. Because I could, you know, I I'm not some kind of amazing saintly representative know, of, of a Christian, you know. I I consider myself a very inappropriate Christian in all honesty, but. That's because I am an honest person, you know. Yeah. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yeah, right? Exactly, and we're all sinners. Oh yeah, we are. Yep, yep. We can't. We can't rebuild that part of things. Nope. What was the first bass that you played? I mean, model and and uh, what was it? Where'd you I, get it? I remember going into the the Capitol Music in Elgin, which yeah. turned into Roselle Music in Elgin for a while, yeah. and. Uh, uh, taken several different bases off the wall. I played. I actually played a Gibson EB3 that day, and, and I thought this is the one I'm going to buy because it's probably cheaper. When I found out the price, I, I just you know I, I was working at a 7-Eleven or something like that at the time. You know, I, I wound up buying a. Well, King- this is more than a Slurpee. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I wound up buying a Kingston, yeah. which I think cost me eighty dollars at the time, and, and it was you know not a bad. Fender copy. You've graduated, and I saw you play on a Rickenbacker yeah. at church. And you know, if you play bass and you've gone through life, get yourself a Rick. Then go ahead and do it. It's sunburst. It's a beautiful instrument. It's a piece of art, I think. In my life, it was my midlife crisis. You know, I, I mean, uh, other guys buy sports cars. I bought a really expensive bass guitar. Yeah. <laughs> so my friend from Key West told me once about how when he was little growing up, uh, they'd have these Sunday dinners and they'd all sit around the table. My mom used to have these. My grandma oh, did. So did my folks. And everybody talked. And as a kid, a lot of times you listened and then you went off and you played afterwards or something. But you'd hear these conversations. People don't do that anymore. At least not no. as... Not, I'm not aware of that as much. And and uh, people Everybody's very, in a different room during dinner half the time. They're very busy being busy. Yeah. And there's this disconnection. So... A lot of times I think this podcast, uh, my intention for it is just to be um, know, letting people know that we've all gone through some really tough times and we found our way clear or we haven't and we're still working on it. Because we're all still working on stuff right now. If you don't come down to the realization that everybody's a work in progress, you know, sooner or later you're going to stop learning and that's a bad thing. Yeah. The king of avoidance. I can be that guy. I, 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 I'm the king. I'm the Do king. I'm, I'm the king of avoiding anything that involves effort. I, you, you, you know, look at me. I'm single at 65. You know, yeah. so, sooner or later, a, a woman gets to the point where she's got that honey do list, and it never gets done when I'm the guy. You know, so <laughs> I'm tuning the bass. Yeah, yeah I'm tuning the bass. It's hard to tune, tune the. No, low I e. can't use the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> My parents warned me. I think I was, I could wind up being as much of a follower as a leader at any time in my life. And, and everybody I knew was doing a lot of the same stupid things. It was just the way the times were, you know. And, and uh, it's funny, my parents warned me, you know, if you do this, if you play this kind of music, you're going to meet these kind of people and they're going to do these kind of things. And, and they were right. They were right. You know, and they I'm were not, right. I'm yes, mine were right, too. You know, so as much as we don't like to. It wasn't because I was depressed or, or, or you know, because I've always had a fairly positive outlook about life and stuff. But I uh, it's just it was just the thing to do, you yeah. know, stupid as it was. It was yeah. the thing to do. And, and the good Lord let me live through all that stupidity and, and learn along the way. 
What's performing like for you on a stage? A guy I worked with came and saw me play in a band one night. And, and when I saw him again at work the, the following week, he said, you know, that's the happiest I've ever seen you for, for two straight hours. You know, because I can be a bear at work. If I'm not happy at work or things are miserable for me, I, I've got a bad side. I, I have a temper, you know. But, but when I'm playing, I rarely am unhappy or upset. Usually I'm at my best. I Actually, I had a gal come and see me one time, too, and she came up to me the following day after seeing the band and said, you can move. And I, I, I said, I had no idea. I, I don't know what I'm doing up yeah. there. I'm just, I'm so happy. Feels and, right. Yeah, I'm bound to be moving only because I'm staying with the tempo or whatever yeah. else. But, you know, I thought, okay, well, good. I guess that went out, went well then, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, it, it, it's so true. You see somebody out of uh, their normal setting uh, environment and, and you see them on a stage and all of a sudden you have a whole different image of that person. I, I don't play bass. But I have played bass. I was with a bunch of teachers my last nine years before I retired. And we decided uh, we would all pick up an instrument we'd never played before. And we'd write some music that would go along with curriculum, you know, teacher stuff. <laughs> and, and it turned out to be, it went way better than it should have. So I thought, well, I, I, I'm a drummer. So I've always liked, you, you kind of sync up with the bass player, the drummer. And, you know, I think... I always did. So I thought, I'd like to have a bass. I don't know, Paul. I bought a set of drums thinking I could play the drums because I was a bass player. Yeah. It's, I'm glad to have the kit because that way people can come over and right, play right, who are play. players that are yeah. friends of mine who do play. But I, I couldn't get the foot-hand coordination down to save my life, <laughs> you know? But uh, we, we play. So I played bass. And my friend played a guitar that was given to him. And he really had no knowledge of playing guitar. And he learned rather quickly. And I think it surprised him as well. Another friend... Um, played a harmonica and he had played harmonica a little bit but not in a band but just around a real christian guy around a campfire you know he just played a harmonica so it was this i always thought we were a mandolin short of a folk group kind of a, with, with a bass you know so we always kept talking about one of us should play a mandolin you know and you know it, it should be the bass player if it's going to be a folk <laughs> thing but but i you I've know you start looking at the fretboards and those things they're like this big, you know, they're they're like an inch wide. You're putting like all your fingers on there. It's like you're playing jazz chords. I wish I could play the banjo. I'm telling you, I've always wanted to play the banjo. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I I talked to my country cousins down in Missouri about it. <laughs> and I, I I said, you know, I I'd like to play the banjo, and they said, Dave, Dave, pick up a fiddle because uh, it's it'll be a lot easier to learn than the banjo. The, the very first string's the high string, something like that. So like this. Cool. My, my son had a banjo for a while. He helped a guy paint a house and a fence, and in return, they paid him with a, a really nice banjo. Do you still look forward to performing in front of an audience? It's funny. I, I still love it. Uh, I'm, I'm at a point now where physically I couldn't do a four set night, you know, I, and I couldn't, Stool. I probably couldn't stand for, yeah. you know, more than half a set in, in all honesty due to a various number of things, you know, the, the recent amputation being one of them, you know, it's just yeah. a toe, but it's, a toe it, it, it's yeah. enough where well, you're to, doing real well. Well, yeah, and I and I feel pretty good about my progress. I, yeah. you know, if I was a little bit more of a driven guy, I'd probably be dancing again someday. But I may never get to that <laughs> point, you know. <laughs> but I, but I love playing out. I love playing in front of people. I've always been a ham bone, you yeah, know. Yeah. 
So, I, yeah, I mean, well, uh, open mic nights are, yeah. are, are, are a nice outlet when, yeah. when you get to be my age. Because if, if you're, you're lucky if you get to play on three or four songs, you know. Yeah. Unless you're there one of those nights when there's no other bass players and you get drafted to play with everybody. Yeah. And some of them are beginners and it's really dreadful. Yeah, you're but you know, <laughs> All root notes. Yeah. yeah just... <laughs> and everybody else is off key, but they're looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> This is in C, so you just play C for the whole <laughs> Exactly. C on the beautiful one. Tell me about, you've done a lot of work with uh, singing and harmonizing and that type of thing. Yeah, well, I I found that uh, most of the bands I was in, I wound up being the lead singer because, uh, you know, which simplified my bass lines, yeah. which made me mad. You know, I'd say, let's bring a lead vocalist in so I can play better bass lines right. and do great harmonies, right. which is still my strength, you know, because yeah. I could pick out really strong background harmonies in most things. At church, a lot of times I'll come with a harmony and people look at me and go, where'd you what? get an idea for that particular yeah. harmony? You know, that, that that doesn't sound like it fits into any category, but it sounds fantastic. It's like easy, Brian Wilson. What are you doing? <laughs> Exactly, quite a moment, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I love singing. I, I mean, that's how I started in the business, you know? Harmonies, does that come naturally? Did it come through choir? Did it? How did really that evolve? Growing up, going to church with my mom and dad, my dad was a great bass singer, oh. and, and my mom was a fantastic alto. And I'd stand between the two of them oh. in church, okay. and he, she'd be doing the alto part, and he'd be doing the bass part. And I'd switch back and forth, yeah. do a little bit of each, you know? And uh, to this day, if there's a really strong alto in the band, yeah. I, I, I fight going to the towards the alto part she's singing because it's just it's so much a part of who I was. You know, for, sure. if, if my dad was traveling that weekend and wasn't there at church, I was standing by my mom, so I was singing the alto part sure. with her, you know. You've been in so many bands you can't count them. Is that true? Is that a true statement? Uh, not that I want you, you to know, count if I sat down and messed with it, I could figure it out. But but it's 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 a pretty wide list, you know. And, and I might leave stuff out because I was, you know, it, it brought back the truth to me that blues is at the base of everything. You know, rock and roll is just basically a sped up, differently changed version of the blues. You know, blues are are the root of it all. You know, and I've been in a, a strictly blues band. I, but I've also been in a strictly rock band, you know. But most of the bands I've been in that played for any amount of time and stuck together were somewhat diversified. You know, they played a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, probably leaning away from pop towards harder edge rock was always my specialty. But I, uh, you know, I've been in bands that played all kinds of stuff. So, how did you survive the disco years? <laughs> it's funny. I. Uh, I used to hang out, hang out at the place in, uh, in in Dundee called Just Another Just Disco. Yeah. yeah, and I was the one guy in there with 18 inches of hair, you know. But I did have platform shoes and elephant bells. Nice. Dave so, Goldfish you know. in the heel. <laughs> Not quite that. You know, that, that might have been a really fashionable moment for me. But, Man, uh, what crazy years those were. Oh, I yeah. can't say they were good years. Well, it was a good time in my I life. I had some fun. I, it was fun. <laughs> That was I actually danced with a pom-pom girl one night at, <laughs> at Just Another Disco. I came up and asked her to dance, and she yeah. said yes before she saw who it was. She turned around and saw me standing there and went, wait a minute. <laughs> Come on. But, but she still went Come out and danced on. with me, she which said, really stunned Wait a minute. Me. Yeah. She, she was giving her the second thought, That's I'll tell you. horrible. <laughs> we did. I, I thought, this chick is super hot. I'm at least going to ask. Yeah. You know? For those of you unaware of this reference, um, 
We had pop music, we had rock and roll music, we had um, varying styles of, of music through the 60s and the 70s, and we get to the late 70s, and suddenly this, uh, it wasn't techno, but it was early techno, it was this pulsating beat that was a heavy one and three uh, uh, out of, a, out of, of a, a scale of four, and um, songs were then dropped into the, to that, and it was dance music. And the bass lines were pretty good. <laughs> it was it was a radical change, and it was great for going out to clubs opened, and there were these disco dances and things like that, but it just wasn't a part of where I felt comfortable. Turned but the Bee Gees it, into super platinum performers. Yeah, and I don't really cons- think that they were too disco-y. They, what came after that was, they were, but I mean, they, they were, they were, and there was the film, what, Saturday Night Fever. Sure. And, and that that is the movie that kind of promoted and pushed disco into the mainstream. Anyway, so during that time, for me, I turned to Southern Rock, because it was still, it was still rock and roll, it was still fun. And those guys, Marshall Tucker and the Allman Brothers, and, and uh, they sounded like they were just having the best time, you know. Our guest, David Warmington. If you could go back to like age 12 with the knowledge you have now and talk to yourself, what would you tell yourself? I would say avoid the party lifestyle. Because because all it does long term, well, for one thing, I figured out I was uh, hungry and lazy all the time anyway, so I really didn't need the effects that most of that was doing to me, and, and uh, it did affect my memory. You know, I can't, I don't think I could uh, sing forty songs in a night without having to have the lyrics somewhere on on some of them now. You know, where can we find some of your music these days? Probably. The proudest, easiest available moment for me, because you can get singing and playing, uh-huh. is uh, on YouTube. Oh, there, yeah. there, there's a, a song. We'll put the link down below, there, or there, we'll put it in the credits, too. It's a Worminator's tune, and all you have to do is put in, uh, it's, it's, it's not an original. It's a copy of Robin Trower's Two Rolling Stone. Okay. So if you put in Worminator's Two Rolling Stone, you, you'll almost certainly get to it all right and so we'll we'll uh like i said in the video side of things we'll put the link in and then in the credits we will verbally uh read it to you as well dave thank you very much for being here today and i wanted to let you know that as time has passed i realized you were a great part of my life and uh, i appreciate uh, that we found each other again and uh thank you right back at you young fella <laughs> see you again all right Encouragers and inspirers. What's our takeaway for today? What did we learn? Or what did I learn? Well, as I said before, Dave Warmington is unique. Not because only he's honest, forthright, humble all at the same time, and that he's been this way throughout his entire life, but Dave Warmington makes a difference. Very simply, encouragers and inspirers drive our society forward. And we need more of that, right? (laughs) For Life's Learning Curve, I'm Paul Hart. Subscribe to Life's Learning Curve at lifeslearningcurve.org and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. 
walk right by me But you don't see me We live in the same world Season 4, Episode 62, Inspirers and Tub Thumpers of Life's Learning Curve Podcast was put together by Producer Sebastian T. Dog, Executive Producer Paul Hart Technical Director Eric Mickelson Editor Paul Richards Audio and Sound Riley Hart Production Manager Heidi Cerner Studio Equipment Manager Don Compton Thanks to our guest David Warmington Find his music on YouTube and search Worminators Two Rolling Stoned Find us on Facebook and listen to us just about everywhere podcasts are heard Visit our website, lifeslearningcurve.org, and subscribe. Read a blog, or shoot us an email. In this episode, we have imaginative voice recreations. To protect the privacy of others, some names have been changed and characters conflated. Episode 62, Inspirers and Tub Thumpers. Thanks again to our guest, David Warmington. Thanks for all the years of inspiration and tub-thumping encouragement. (laughs) We'll be back next time with more from Life's Learning Curve. We're clear.